0: Welcome to the FinTech One On One podcast. This is Peter Renton, chairman and co founder of FinTech Nexus. I've been doing this show since 2013, which makes this the longest running one on one interview show in all of FinTech. Thank you for joining me on this journey. If you like this podcast, you should check out our sister shows, The FinTech Blueprint with Lex Sokolin and FinTech Coffee Break with Isabel Castro. Or listen to everything we produce by subscribing to the Fintech Nexus podcast channel. Before we get started, I want to remind you about our comprehensive news service. Fintech Nexus News not only covers the biggest fintech news stories, our daily newsletter delivers the most important fintech stories into your inbox every morning with special commentary on the top story of the day. Stay on top of FinTech News by subscribing at news.fintechnexus.com slash subscribe. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Aaron Schwarzkopf. He is the CEO and co-founder of Kushki. Now Kushki is a really interesting company. They are building the payments infrastructure For Latin America and they've been at this for a few years now and wanted to get Aaron on the show just to delve deeply into this infrastructure that they're building and we do talk about obviously what kushki does and how they how they work the type of companies that are using their services we also talk more broadly about the challenges of building a fintech company in Latin America We talk about the prevalence of cash and how that is um, impeding or not the growth of fintech. We talk about instant payments. Uh, We talk about regulation, uh, their acquisition they did last year in Mexico. We talk about the recent report they did with Statista and also about data in general and why the data in Latin America can be misleading. It was a fascinating discussion. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Hey, Peter. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So let's get started by giving the listeners uh, a little bit of background about yourself. Um, I know you've been doing Kushki for a little while now, but why don't you tell us some of the the highlights of your career to date?
1: I'm 35 years old. Uh, I'm a parent of, of three beautiful girls, and I uh, I was raised in Latin America in Quito, Ecuador then had the luck to you know, do my studies, uh, both in the United States and China. As I was finishing university in the United States, I accidentally encountered payments uh, and I started my first company there when I was 20 years old. Hmm. That company ended up growing and sold to an acquiring bank in the United States. When that chapter ended, myself and, and the founder of that company is also another Ecuadorian living in the United States called Sebastian we both uh, were very curious about back home, basically mm-hmm. you know, how the, the tech scene in general, or, you know, how could we could innovate in the region. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the underpinnings of how Kushki started.
0: You know, back in, in Latin America, what was the sort of the drive to start Kushki as far as launching? What did you launch with? Yeah. So before
1: launch it was probably first, you know. We were first very very excited about the region as a whole right we we saw it kind of like the promised land right you know in our lifetime it's going to be a billion plus people most of the population you know more than half are millennials and younger right when a quarter of the population are gen z's right it's the population that forgot about analog right and and forgot about all these conceptions of the world of you know being mobile or analog or you know payments or cash or whatnot it's just people that are early adopters and alpha consumers and anything they do right so we actually got their first investing and in as we were going around investing in technology startups we saw this gigantic hole right which was uh payment infrastructure for some odd reason right in Latin America it's kind of the last corner on earth. Where we haven't commoditized this, right? Uh, uh, right. Like, like everywhere else, right? And there's the, there were three big problems there. The, the first one was fragmentation, regardless if it's cards or some sort of, you know, account-to-account-based payment, right? It's incredibly fragmented, right? Within the region, within countries sometimes as well, right? The second one is the, the actual technology. Most of the stuff that carries all of the volume, right, of transactions in Latin America was built by people and languages that don't exist anymore right they've either retired or dead and those languages are not used anymore yeah. and, you know we're just holding on to this like old infrastructure that won't last here come us, and we're like we actually know about payments and <laughs> you know, we actually know about Latin America what are the odds and as we continued uh you know thinking about Kushki that's how we said you know kind of have this big ambition to turn Kushki into one of the pillars required to the new economy, right? So, like, if Latin America is going to prosper, it's going to need really good infrastructure to move money from one point to the other. And that was the whole premises of Cushy. And uh, it's incredibly broad, to be quite frank uh, mm-hmm. and ambitious, but that's how we started it, more or less. And, and kind of the idea was we would like to be one of the pillars in which uh, the new economy stands on in Latin America, right? When it right, comes
0: to right. being able to accept payments and transact. Okay, great. So before we get right into Kushki, I want to sort of step back and let's look at the the payments landscape over the last you know, five, six years since you launched Kushki. Uh, there has been a lot of things happen in the payment space in Latin America. Um, and it's a very different space to what it was when you started. But maybe you could talk about, just describe how has it changed overall in, in Latin America? How has the payment landscapes changed?
1: The thing I like the most is that there's now optimism around the (laughs) the payment evolution in Latin America. When we started was all monopolies, regulation that didn't exist and and pretty much cash will be king forever and nothing else works. Right. And today, even though there's still monopolies and there's still some, you know, regulation that, that can improve, everybody's an optimist and the numbers are starting to show, right? Latin America is one of the fastest a uh, growing digital payment place in the world in some countries right cash usage has dwindled so much that in comparison to places like the united states and some places in europe you know there's less cash usage in some of the countries in latin america right so you can actually start seeing the evolution right in terms of the payments landscape to to what we do i, I do think that there's some things that remain unchanged quite a bit right it's still incredibly hard, right, for businesses to navigate payments in Latin America today. I think it's just the beginning. And the reason is the fragmentation continues to be there. There's very few of us who have tried to consolidate the region, right, to kill the fragmentation. And there's very few of us uh, that are truly local in helping the businesses, right figure all the local nuances required to to operate successfully. As well as to have a next generation pipeline right you know today most of the commerce goes through monopolies that still exist and those monopolies sit on very bad technology are incredibly closed uh minded there's some things that remain unchanged right but probably the the biggest thing is (laughs) evolution's here to stay there's kind of like a, a consensus and optimism that this is changing quite fast and everybody's incredibly excited to do it so that that makes me really really happy other than incredible success launches in 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 things that that reduce cash outside of credit cards and wire transfers you know we have a lot of real-time payments rails launching and wallets launching latin america that are gaining crazy amount of success as well right so
0: yeah for sure and we'll talk a little bit about that later let's get into kushki what how do you describe the company what do you guys offer
1: the company is very simple like Kushki was made to be the infrastructure to move money in Latin America, and the whole mission of the company to come to any of our offices or see our email signatures is connecting Latin America through payments. That that's essentially what we do, right? And we started bottoms up, so literally we've we, we've gone to build our own processor acquires, you know, our, our our own connections into all the local switches. Is figuring out all the local nuances and make you know creating all the underwriting and compliance, so a vertically integrated player that sits locally in every country where we operate. And as you zoom out, right, kind of kills the whole fragmentation in the region, right? What do we provide for clients? It's it's usually APIs for them to be able to do either a pay-in or a pay-out, right, to their customers, in between businesses. And we do that in many payment methods. In terms of, of credit cards, credit cards, even though, you know, they've gotten overshadowed in the news by, by things like pigs, it is the highest growth region in the world for credit cards by Mm -hmm. far, right? You know, they're they're actually probably the the biggest contributor today of cash reduction, credit, and debit. And we do real-time payments and we do other types of APMs as well. And we provide that that declines in terms of pay-in. And we also do payouts where we allow people to disperse cash in a compliant, legal, technological way
0: around the region. Right. Okay. So then you tell us who are some of the companies that you're actually, that you're working with that is using Kushki. Maybe give us an example of what they're actually doing.
1: We, we focus on two types of clients, right? The first ones are local large enterprises, right? So uh, we serve local to local payments for kind of the top enterprises regionally or locally in the countries where we work. And the second one is we serve uh, everybody else indirectly, more or less. So mm-hmm. um, one of the big things that we've tried to correct in Latin America, other than the, there was very little technology in terms of, of you know, uh, infrastructure for payments, uh, it's also been a very closed environment controlled by monopolies. And we do the opposite. So we have a lot of clients, which are other payment players, which are ISOs, ISVs. There's a lot of platforms being built on top of Kushki that attack, you know, SMBs indirectly, that attack cross-border payments, uh, things as such. Uh, so those are the two key clients that we have. In terms of integrations, you know, even though we're kind of invisible, if you go to Latin America or when you went to Latin America and, you know, you were hailing a ride or buying something online, right, or making an appointment uh, at somewhere, most probably you use Kushki in some of these countries uh, already, right? So it's mostly API-based in, in what we do. And in terms of the rest of the the... The, the indirect market, it's a crazy amount of stories, right? Because we're kind of opening this very close cocoon of of distribution that, that was payment, especially in acquiring cards, uh, for example. So we have a ridiculous amount of different types of platform using us from like a cross-border player that reaches kind of Latin America locally, right? And where they're their, their first or last mile, if you will to uh, you know a bottling company right that is trying to build a lending product for for like little merchants uh in peru or in mexico to inventory systems uh to uh healthcare appointment systems that are building a payment scheme on top of them right uh and we are the underlying acquirer or provider of infrastructure right so we are super excited about that second portion of our indirect business because we're the first ones to open for business, right? And allowing people to to, to literally build an ecosystem.
0: Let's just dig into it a little bit. Say, so there's a small business in Colombia, for example. They've got they've been selling locally for years, and they now have an online store, and they want to sell to Peru or Mexico, for example. How easy is it for them to accept payments, yeah, you know, from those countries to their online store in Colombia?
1: For the majority, it's been really, really hard right? Because of of the fragmentation. We today, unfortunately, we don't do any small business directly, but we do have indirect channels. So, you know, website builders, card makers, right? uh, that that basically use us, and now you know it, it, it's like a, a a plug and play, right? As soon as they do that, right? They're local in all of these places, so it literally it seems like a simple effort, but took
0: years and years. Right? Of, you know, no, I can appreciate
1: infrastructure it. and compliance and and regulatory stuff at the end as well, right? You know, we we are the first in many licenses in, in several countries in Latin America, basically, to be able to stand alone by ourselves and be able to do this, right? So. I, I think it's just the beginning though, Peter, right? In terms right. of regional payments, cross-border payments, as to our scale, it, it's, uh, it's kind of like Latin America grows, you know, most payment volume is growing between 25 to 30% year over year, right? Non-cash ones, right? So it's already a crazy market that every three to four years, right, depending on the country, it doubles. But in there, right, you know, we've counted the billions of dollars, right, that, that we move, uh Yearly, and we're always like a drop in the water. Still, right? right? right. So it's uh, and there's very few kushkis today in Latin America who are actually companies that are tech forward and are trying to connect the whole ecosystem, right, and make it very, very easy for people to navigate and you know, very democratic access to, to the ecosystem, right? Most of them are, are are legacy companies that are that are monopolies controlled by conglomerates that are that are in a single country, like you know. And have a lot of limitations technologically as well right so so what countries are you operating in today we focus uh primarily in spanish-speaking latin america some of our largest countries are mexico chile colombia peru ecuador
0: okay so then i want to just talk about you mentioned cash i was in mexico not that long ago and uh still seeing people lining up at the atm on a friday afternoon and cash is still everywhere, it feels like in Mexico. Is this a major impediment to growth, to the growth of digital payments?
1: I, I actually think it's the opposite, right? You know, it's, it's when you think about land of opportunity or greenfield opportunity, mm-hmm. having a large amount of population using cash for mundane activities, right? So, you know, for paying something in retail or paying their, you know, utility bill or whatnot. It's it's like a dream come true for entrepreneurs like me, right? Because there's everything wrong with it, and it, it and and you know it, it's uncomfortable, it's unsafe, it's dirty, it's it, it's everything. And all around the region, it's starting to change quite fast, right? So even though Mexico today is probably the one that needs the most improvement, right? In, in cash reduction, the amount that cash is being reduced year over year in Mexico is, is really really fast. It's actually one of the fastest, right? And then you have examples, uh, you, you have examples of things that were. That we're crazy fast. We're like you know, uh, kind of this exponential effect. Like in Chile, for example, in Chile they went into lockdown because of COVID, and after COVID, now the usage both on and offline of cash uh, in big box retailers is less than six percent. So actually, you know, people use less cash in Chile within you know a year of lockdown than than in the U.S. now. And then you have phenomenons. Of course, it's it, it's not in every fraction of the economy, but you know, it's mostly on P two P stuff, but yeah, phenomena like Yapa in Peru or PIX in yeah. Brazil which basically have made cash be you know uh completely uh, uh, eliminated from like a whole portion of uh, of the economy right you know uh, in terms of usage right it's a lot of payment flows where, where cash no longer exists right like in Brazil it's it's funny in Brazil. You can buy a coconut at the beach, and you know nobody takes cash. Everybody takes Pix. It's something that you know five years ago would have been unheard of.
0: Right, it would have been considered impossible. Right, correct.
1: I I don't see it as an impediment. I actually see it. You know, it is completely correlated to to the payment, the, the electronic or digital payments industry growing twenty five to thirty percent year over year
0: in Latin America. Does Pix? I mean, obviously not in Brazil, but you know, you mentioned Yape in Peru, which. It hasn't quite got the traction of PIX, but still has pretty significant traction. Are those things helping as far as, you know, when, once you digitize payments, I imagine for a company like Kushki, then you're you're open to other digital methods, right? Yeah, absolutely,
1: right? So uh, credit and debit card is our core today, right? But, but the whole infrastructure was created um, to be able to take any payment method in general. And today, in terms of APMs, be it real-time payments, wallets, and whatnot, we have over 20 in the co- regionally in in the company and we're always adding more right so it, it's actually part of our mission the only thing we don't do is cash basically so right th- these things are actually very very helpful right and we actually move move a lot of volume outside you know with apms things such as real-time payments uh and wallets right so it, it, and in some in some countries it's growing quite quite fast right
0: okay so then you're originally from ecuador and you know, the government of Ecuador has designated Cushki as the first payment aggregator. Maybe explain what that means and what is the significance of that?
1: You know, we started the business in Ecuador. Uh, It was the first country we started operations in in Latin America. And it was one of the countries that is probably the furthest behind in in regulation for payments, right? So, it's not uncommon in, in Ecuador to you know wait months to be able to accept payments on or offline right having to go to different providers locally to be able to have all the payment methods you need right you know or or acceptance methods that you need so we we've been trying to innovate there for a while and and we were able to open and democratize access for for the ecosystem to have technology companies right so now a technology company, someone that's not a bank, can actually participate in the system. And that's what the payment aggregator means. Is it's similar to payment facilitator in general. But it was the first win that again brings the optimism. You know, we've been we've been kind of doing the hard work in e- each of these countries, uh, building the plumbing and trying to educate and and you know create an evolution in the ecosystem. And uh, what we did in Ecuador was fantastic, right? Because it's not open now. You know, we were the first ones, obviously, but I I, I think there's twenty now, right? You know, with, within the year that, that we built it, wow. right? we started creating the ecosystem, and and there's a lot of examples like that, right? Where some of the fintechs get together, and the nice thing in Latin America is that um, in most part the the regulators are really really interested in, in evolving this. They just you know didn't have the knowledge for it, right? So I think it was a match made in heaven, you know, of getting payment experts and technology experts to speak with regulators to make. To make this happen. right? A good example that's Brazil. Brazil, Brazil's at the at the head of the curve of payment innovation in in Latin America and, and democratizing access, right? So, give you an example of credit cards. Brazil, twelve years ago, had a duopoly basically in in payment acquires, and today there's more than fifty, right? It's a, very, it's, it's a booming sector, right? You know, it's, it's, in most of Latin America, we're we're still behind, right? There's you know. <laughs> Now there's two players in some of these markets, right? right. The ones with monopoly in us, right? <laughs> so uh so we're further behind, but but I think it's gonna move much faster, right? And we're we're really happy of what we did in Ecuador. And you know, there's a couple more coming, right? That I think we've been working for years, you know, with the with the regulators to, to right. trend properly Actually, the, the Central Bank of Brazil has helped quite a bit, right? Because I think they're probably one of the, the best examples globally, not only of Latin America of yeah. collaboration and knowledge, basically. Uh, The stuff they're doing is is fantastic.
0: No, I mean, they're they're very well respected. In fact, I was at an event at the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia and they had a guy from the Central Bank of Brazil speaking there. Very, very well respected um, internationally these days. So I want to talk about Mexico. Last year, you acquired the payment terminal provider called Bill Pocket. Tell me about what was the thinking there and what they actually do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So... Bill Pocket was actually the first payment facilitator or payment aggregator in Mexico. It was about an 11 or 12-year-old company, right? Mm-hmm. Uh that did in Mexico this fight right to be able to have technology companies or startups join the ecosystem about a decade before did in the network maybe. And uh and the company started as a small business enpass player, right? Uh within Mexico. But uh But eventually, turned out to become the the first company in Mexico to have the underpinnings of an ISO and ISV program, right? So, uh, by the time we we came across them, right, we were as uh, as I was telling you before, we really we really tried to endorse this indirect channel for us to be able. Now that we're vertically integrated, control the infrastructure, control kind of all the licenses, we've always wanted to open this up so other people can build on top of kushki right and Bill pockets team we're doing that successfully in mexico right and we're kind of the first player that we had seen in LATAM that time actually that you know had something similar to NISO an iso and isv and var uh ecosystem and that's the reason we we, we bought them basically and uh it's been great because the team is super talented right and and it's helped us basically to not only accelerate their plans, right? But standardize them regionally, right? So Mm. uh, we are bringing into Latin America uh, in the months and years to come, a lot of programs, right? For companies that before had no access to, you know, no easy access, right? To be able to connect or embed payments into their offering, all the way to actually being able to build payment businesses, right? You know, be it payment distribution or verticalized payments or whatnot. On top of us, which was kind of, it's still kind of unheard of in Latin America. Like, if you want to build a payments business, you have to know a lot about payments, have a lot of money, or a lot of connections, right? And a lot of patience to to basically connect into like the legacy grids in different places, right? Mm-hmm. So, we want to make it as easy as possible. If you want to build a payments business on top of Kuski, you should be able to do it in a month, right? Uh, in the
0: whole region, right? Right. Right. Okay. I want to switch gears and talk about a recent report that you released uh, with Statista. It was on the growth of the digital payments ecosystem in Latin America. I you know you have the Kushki Talk series that you were kind enough to invite me along to one of those sessions recently. What are some of the takeaways from this particular report that you, that you did with Statista?
1: Overall, it kind of pinpoints in more detail where the growth and trends are happening in Latin America. And the whole movement around us Doing reports uh, with third parties and starting these series like Kushki talks with. By the way, thank you so much for for being part of the last edition. My uh, we find that in Latin America, there's very little uh, data and very little uh, content when it comes to fintech and payments. As a matter of fact, when you compare some of the reports or data that are created by you know. Very big brands, they contradict themselves, right? Because they, they use old data sets. And, and, you know, I have this huge debate where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the card brands think the fraud is gigantic in, in, in Latin America. And it really isn't, by the way, right? It's kind of funny because they're all using different sets of data and the data is, you know, not very useful in Latin America. What we're trying to do with Kushki talks and, and reports like the one we did with Statistas is, is to be able to educate, right? And to actually be able to sponsor some real data. In each of the countries, and specifically when it comes to Statista, we're speaking a lot, of, a lot about the growth in Mexico and the trends that are happening. Uh, so I was telling you about you know lowering cash usage among other things uh, in Mexico. If your listeners want to you know pull that report, of Statista, if they want to learn more detail than you know what you would read uh, about Mexican payments. It, it's a great way to start uh, there. Yeah,
0: right. I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Okay so you mentioned fraud i mean how big of a problem is fraud in latin america and and what is cushki doing to to help reduce it
1: yeah so i i have a, a good anecdote you know i met with the president of this this uh, large card brand and he was telling me, yeah latin america the, the fraud rates are are insane right? and i was like no no they're not he, he was so shocked that we actually you know kind of went deep on it and the issue is it is it, twofold, right? The first one's historically, the fraud rates in Latin America have been above average places like Europe and the United States, mm-hmm. but it's because data is unstandardized, right, and how you send data in the infrastructure, right, uh, in many ways, and, and the second one is because no one did anything about it. When you have players that are actually managing fraud and standardizing data, right, in terms of messaging and infrastructure, there really isn't that much fraud. And we're a proof of that. I think there's only a single country we're in where we hit 10% of what what the, the Visa Mastercard average of fraud for the country are. Right, so we're like 10 times or better less than that in fraud. Right, right. And it's not like we're geniuses. We literally have very you know just like modern technology, and we have local competencies. So things as simple as being able to control error codes and being able to whitelist bins with the issuers locally that had, you know, very old technology to be able to, to accept payments. Right. So we do little things that are very annual actually, right. You know, to boost acceptance rates and, and and lower fraud, it's just ecosystem building. And then it comes with a little bit of fraud technology at the end, right. You know, we, we spend a lot of time right in terms of compliance and fraud of making sure that our clients have the best they can get in Latin America. And and it's new to the region. Like, uh, so, so yeah, there, there is still today. This is what I was telling you is Latin America is this weird place where it's like year one and then the rest of the regions has been completely commoditized, right? You know, so things as fraud rates and acceptance rates, we see these gigantic jumps, right? Where, you know, someone will, will move from, from the old pipes to, to, to our new ones, right? And all of a sudden they, they have, a fifty uh, you know, right. percent improvement in something, or you know, a couple hundreds percent improvement, something like that—that that still exists in Latin America. That's what I mean, right? Like you could still do that
0: in countries like like the US. It's hard to get double digit improvements on any any uh, new technology these days. Anyway, last question. I'd love to kind of end with you peering into your crystal ball and talking about the the future of digital payments in Latin America. I mean, you've talked about some of the. downward trend of cash but what's the future going to look like what are you trying to build and what what, when you think of that future
1: in terms for us the the role that we have is is an infrastructure one right and being a provider for large players or or other payment businesses to be able to use us our licenses our infrastructure regardless of the payment method to move money back and forth right so we we don't see kushki as an active participant in doing user or or small business stuff, right? So I I I don't see us moving into anything that has to do uh, in terms of attacking users and doing issuing or wallets or, or things mm-hmm. of that sort. Right? In terms of the crystal ball and what I think will will happen in, in Latin America, I think the future is bright. I I think it's a bit messy because you know everybody's trying stuff and trying to see what sticks on the wall and you know what 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 gains a lot of traction, right? So. Latin America will not be a place where you will have a homogenous payment devolution like you had in China and, and a couple of other places, right? Uh, I think you'll have a little bit. There will be fragmentation, but it all points that cash will will exponentially, right, start disappearing from payment flows in this decade, right? Uh, it's already happening, right? Some countries faster than others, but you know, the data is there. As of today, what I can tell you is you have these phenomena like Pix and Yape uh, in, in certain places, but consistently, what it what is delivering, you know, the 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 most uh, cash reduction in, is actually debit and credit cards, right? And they come in different forms. It's sometimes not plastic anymore, but it's the same pipelines, right? You know, things like Visa Direct or most neobanks and and wallet systems uh, that, that are gaining traction in Latin America are built on credit and debit rails today, uh, the majority of them, right? So I do think that they will continue to be a, a relevant player in Latin America when it comes to payment methods that, that are trying to to reduce cash usage. Uh, and I think real-time payments is, is uh, I think Latin America is the place for real-time
0: payments, basically. Okay, that's well, a good place to end. Um, Aaron, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show today. Best of luck to you and let's keep in touch.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for listening. Please go ahead and give the show a review on the podcast platform of your choice and go tell your friends and colleagues about it. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye.